Windy of a road is just this entire episode has been. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, so just this discussion today. But the example I was using. Oh, you're talking to a different was mm-hmm. uh, Jordan Peele. Oh, Jordan Peele is a perfect example of like, yes, he was already a comedy dude. He came up doing improv, but like, if you listen to his interviews and stuff, he's been a horror film oh. nerd since they he was a, a, a child. He's always wanted to direct horror films and to be given a chance with no horror experience and then on top of that you're a black person and on top of that you're known for comedy like he basically had to become top of the game in the sketch world producing a hall of fame sketch show making so much money from its initial run to then the amount of syndication that occurred with that show, yep. all yep. of which incredibly well-deserved. And finally, it's like, I have the money. Fuck it. I'm making my own movies. I can finance it myself. Yep, yep. And then proved himself in Hollywood's like, oh my God, Jordan Peele's this great mind. And I was like, you could have already had this. I understand it's a quote-unquote business and you have to think about the return on investment and all of that shit. But it shouldn't be, right? But it like shouldn't it's... be because if you want art to be at its best, you have to be willing to just take the risk that yeah. might come from a great... Because there's so many movies that come out, bomb in the box office, 10 years later to like, this is the best movie that's ever been made. And now we as a society love it. Like that fucking painter who lost his ear. What's his goddamn name? Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Was a broke bitch when he was alive. And then now <laughs> everyone loves this shit. Now they're, which is kind of disrespectful bitch. where it's like, oh Not yeah, we didn't like bitch. you when you were around. And then yeah. now we're having this traveling art exhibit based off of your work. And he's not even inheriting. He doesn't even get to partake in a profit. Exactly. It's just... Fucking scammers. If you just let artists do their thing, there's so many more Jordan Peels out there. There's so many more, like, with Olivia... Not Olivia Mund. uh, Olivia... Wild. How she directed fucking Booksmart. Uh, Me, personally, I love the movie No, Booksmart was... Booksmart was a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Oh, then she followed up with, was she the one who did Don't Worry, Darling? Yes. Oh, we won't talk yes. about that. <laughs> we're not. We're not. That's a diff- that's in season three. We will season three is mediocre filmmakers and the pass that you get in Hollywood just for, again, like Olivia Wilde. I remember just how they would market her in the mid 2000s. And then she, that's season three, folks. Stop <laughs> making me go ahead of my own schedule, Chris. God damn, I can't afford to hire you as a producer yet. But but Booksmart was one that I remember my homie, he described it. He was like, yo, you want to go see this movie Booksmart? And I'm like, bro, I'm so out of touch with movies. I've never heard of it. What is it about? And he was like, it's basically, and like now having seen the movie and stuff, this is a very bad way to describe it, but it was the necessary way to describe it to get people to watch it. Of which course. Is, it's just girl super bad. And I was like, oh. I was like, female super bad. Yep, yep, yep. I was like, yeah, I fuck with that. Sure. Because if you would have told me like, oh, it's just about these girls in high school, I would be like, 
I don't really want to watch any high school comedy, no matter the gender of the leads, especially with comedies, doing comedy myself. I don't really enjoy comedy films that much anymore because oftentimes I I get that, especially now comedy films just take a 10 minute joke and stretch it into 90 minutes. And so like going into it, I was like, I was like, I I was rooting for the movie going into it because I was like. I don't want sexist dudes on Twitter to be right about this movie. So I want it to be good. Right. But like, I ain't going to lie. If it was unfunny, I was going to act like it was going to be funny just to piss off incels. But <laughs> that movie was legit. I was dying in the movie theater. Rewatched it a like, few times. Still fucking funny. Yeah. So good. And it fucking had a, what's her name? Jessica Williams? Yes. Jessica Williams from Two Dope Queens. So great to see Jessica Williams from Two Dope Queens in it. It was so great to see Jason, aka Ted Lasso, have a small role. All of the yeah, fucking the high school actors, all of them Brilliant. crushed it. Yeah, and the yep, jokes yep, yep. were so it the like, deliveries I, so good. You can just study it. Just watch it. Get your last in and watch it again because you are getting thousands of dollars education for free. Yeah, because the delivery is just. So good. It was they should truly, be paying us to talk about this film. You know when a mo- a movie does really its job well when it has the most unoriginal concept and feels incredibly original. And by and that relatable. I mean, and relatable because a movie about people graduating high school and wanting to party been done a million times. Or another perfect example of this is shout out to the Queen Issa Rae, the show Insecure. On paper, the concept unoriginal in the sense that is a show about a woman navigating adulthood and dating and friendships that's been done before mm-hmm. that being said obviously it's original because it's being told from a black woman's perspective which has exactly. been so incredibly rarely done but then also at the same time is a show that is so well written that it is a show that is simultaneously the blackest thing you can see while also being incredibly relatable to white people. Yeah. Obviously, if it wasn't relatable to white people, it would still be the amazing show that it is. I don't care that the whites like it, but let's be real. We unfortunately live in a society where something will not be considered prestigious unless white people like it. Yes, but also the other side of that is the reason why it's so relatable is because, yeah, we all go through that shit. Right. We're all allowed to be three-dimensional. Right. We want to get to a place where we can just call them films, not black film, not this. Exactly. You know what I mean? And exactly. I, I mean, I understand why we need to, and I understand why we need to hold a space where marginalized folks can have the floor and, and the freedom to create. But the whole paradox of that is trying to get to a reality where we don't have to make that distinction. Like, yeah, we understand heartbreak. Yeah, we understand classism. We understand all this shit. Like, we're all impacted by this. And it's just white people are getting it like, oh, wow. Right. You do matter. Ergo, insecure. I mean, I, you can't make this shit up. I am funny. I'm genius. So this episode was brought to you by ADHD and trauma. 
you literally, you hit on Tyler Perry Cinematic Universe. That's going to be episode six of this season. You hit on Fast and Furious. That's going to be episode four of this season. You made me waste all my jokes on Insecure now, which is going to be season two is the romantic comedy era. And there's Black love in its depictions and how people write about Black love and how Sanaa Lathan lied to me for all of the early off. Like, I'm not going to go into the world and my life's going to be like something new. I, um, since COVID, because I will admit, I will be the first to admit, I grew up a really ignorant dude. Growing up in Florida, like, Uh, yeah. And plus, I was a youth group kid as well. So, like, adding not only societal patriarchal shit, but then on top of it, just the religion, religious influence as well. I admit, I used to be a very ignorant dude. And I'm very thankful that since college, I have been lucky enough where I have surrounded myself with the right people who have helped yeah. me grow out of that ignorance and become a better person. And that's largely because my friend group was always very different from me. Like I had people of all different types of backgrounds, not just racially, but also right. like sexual orientation wise, gender identification, all of that. And uh, I say all this to say, while mm-hmm. growing up, I was the ignorant dude who thought, Chick flicks and rom-coms, that's girl shit. I'm a man. I don't watch that shit. So then because of that, I missed out on so many classic films because I grew up thinking that's for women. I'm a man. Yeah. yeah. Since COVID, I started this rom-com journey where I was watching all of these rom-coms that everyone else had already seen and loved. I'm just now getting to the first one, the first movie of my journey, the fucking classic when Harry met Sally. Oh my God. I've never seen that. <laughs> I'm going to have to find a way to you, upload it's the video. On, or at least last time I checked, it was on Max. It, it, it's on Max? When I first watched it, it was on Max. So it's, I've never been able to, as like I, when I Google, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to pay $3.99 for this. I'm probably not going to honestly worth the $3.99. It's, it's really. It's, don't get me wrong. I went no into effect- the movie. I went into the movie thinking the amount of white women I've dated who have told me this movie's great. I can't wait to watch this movie and fucking hate on this shit. Like I can't wait to fucking hate on this shit. Cause you know how white people be amping up stuff. That's not actually that good. Exactly. They're unreliable. And then I watched it. I was like, God damn it. They were right. (laughs) (laughs) And then you hate that they're right. And then I hate that they're right. But also this movie is really fucking lit. I love it. It's so good. I had had a similar experience to one movie and it's probably, I'm probably going to remember it when we get off the call. But I think I haven't met anyone to where I'm like, okay, I believe you enough to like, I respect your insight. I, you know. If you watch it and don't like it, you can tell me I'm wrong. No, I mean, My favorite romantic comedy of all time, and I guess it makes sense because my favorite genre sci-fi is About Time with Donald Gleason and Rachel McAdams. Oh, I heard, I've heard of the movie. I haven't seen it yet. (gasps) I hear it's good. I hear it's good. Oh, and again, like Rachel McAdams, it was that point in her career where just her name alone was this buy-in. It didn't really matter if it was good or not, you know, RIP Morning Glory. But About Time is the most beautiful, endearing, and guttural philosophy on what matters. And it does it in a very clunky way. But mm. the scene that broke me, and I'm, 
And I think I was literally one of five. I went on opening night. I was like one of five. This is Florida. They don't understand mm. nuance. They don't understand depth. Yeah. And I was wailing. Like I can't even say weeping because I was crying and there was sound. And I was like, who's making that sound? Oh, it's me. It's a scene at the end. And the ethos of the film became so clear to me and cracked me wide open. I bought the fucking DVD. I, uh, I've watched it multiple times and it's a great one. Even if someone basic likes it, it's one of those times okay. where they happen to be right. I'll, I'll add it to my list because I've heard a couple people mention that movie when they're throwing like romantic movies or romantic comedy movies. That's been a common one that I've heard people talk about. So I'll, I'll check that out. It wrecks you. It wrecks you. Because I haven't really seen much or a lot of the pure romance films. I've only really seen romantic comedies. What's pure romance to you? The Notebook. Yeah. Like I have. Oh my I, God, I have a Nicholas Sparks Cinematic Universe episode. That's episode three. Chris, I feel like I just need to like stop. Rec- I like, I don't know what. You need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying someone leaked your files. That's all. Well, I mean, I sent you the wrong episode outline. I sent you my Mission Impossible thesis instead of what we were supposed to talk about, which was MILF Manor and Vanderpump Rules. So the season on reality TV, I think that's season four. Maybe I'll have you on because I definitely okay. have to have you on to talk about Love is Blind for the <sighs> season of Tampa. When they're going to just only have aerial shots of Soho and Soho and Bayshore, nothing else. Soho, Bayshore and 7th Street and Ebor, and everyone's thinking, oh, that's all Tampa. No, those are three blocks. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Let me tell you, Netflix wants me to know that they're actually in Tampa. They need to bring their asses to Lutz. They need to go to University Mall. University Mall. If that shit's even still around, I think it is. Oh, you know what? I think I heard that they actually demolished it and broke ground to the whole work play eat concept that I was hearing back in 2006 when I worked at Man Alive as a co-manager oh, in University oh, Mall and wow. I saw I saw folks bartering I used to get my haircut at University to, Mall oh I know exactly where you went okay boys well, the men the, yes <laughs> shout out to my barber Jeremy you bought weed while you were cutting my hair <laughs> oh <laughs> well that's what I'm saying like the Man Alive I don't know why they called it Man Alive but it was a store selling all urban wear and mm. I was the most unurban person. And that's a story for my therapist and a story for another episode. But just seeing folks selling food stamps for money to come and get the the coogee that just dropped or baby mm. fat that just mm-hmm. dropped, apple bottoms. That's when Beyonce tried to, you know, dip her toe into like lazy capitalism and have her own clothing line, mm. House mm-hmm. of Darion. I did own Darion jeans. You know what? I need to wrap this episode up. (laughs) This has been the most organic, frenetic, and I think folks are going to want to do a wellness check on us after when they hear this episode, just DM us and be like, hey, so I just listened. Are you okay? And first and foremost, first and foremost, this episode shows off our versatility because we went from talking about some real... (laughs) garbage people that we've let too much into our lives to then having this really in-depth talk about therapy and how beneficial it is 
Yeah. To then talking about the fast and the <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. See, this is why elevated garbage exists because I do believe that when there's a national museum on film, there mm-hmm. will be an exhibit dedicated to the Fast and the Furious, mm-hmm. and not not in an ironic way. Like it's it's actually really really good. And then we went into sci-fi and like romantic comedies. We've covered so much. Um, I produced my entire podcast, the life of my podcast. We produced it all in this time. We've uh, been chatting. This honestly, first and foremost, an absolute honor to be your first guest. Seriously, thank you so much for having me. If you will have me back, I would love to come back as many times as you'll have me. This was so great. I'm so excited to see what you're going to do with Elevated Garbage. Also, incredible name, by the way. Like, I'm not not bullshit. Elevated Garbage is like, that's one of those names that the genius of it doesn't really hit you on the first time you hear it. And then when you really think about it, it's like, oh, shit, like this name has layers to it. So seriously, yes, I'm excited to see what you do with the brand. I'm excited like, to you, see what are, you do. Are you, are you looking for work? Do you want to be a producer? Like, what what, what do you want to do? Nah, I'm are a you- firm as a creative. I mean, one, first and foremost, people who their shit I fuck with and I rock. I always like going out of my way to support because... If I one, if you want people to do that to you, you got to show that energy out as well. Not because you're looking for reciprocation, but because Issa Rae said this in an interview where we focus too much on networking up that we don't network laterally. And it's like, yo, the amount of times I've been inspired to do shit because I saw a homie make something. I'm like, I fuck with this heavy. Yeah, that makes me want to do some cool shit as well. And I've always thoroughly enjoyed your Instagram stories and just like all your reactions, despite <laughs> the fact that I want to press charges against you for constantly showing that face of Vanessa Lachey <laughs> smiling weird. I am, not pro- I am not. That is pro- literally Nick Lachey's sleep paralysis demon. Like he I, has to wake up to that. I am not pro incarceration until I saw you post that story. <laughs> and then now I'm like, I'll hear you out. <laughs> I am dead. And you know, that means a lot coming from you because there's so much that I don't latch onto because I know that the norm are folks just bartering and doing the easiest, cheapest, Mm -hmm. no integrity kind of way to get to where they want to. Right. And so when you look at genres where the instability is real, Mm -hmm. the, the struggle is real and it really is like, a chance meeting with preparation Mm -hmm. and coincidence that you blow up from that space. And I feel like comedy, especially stand-up comedy, like that is that space where it's like, Ooh, like you probably see it the way that folks their buy-in it's always at the risk of someone else you know yeah. what i mean and the low-hanging fruit jokes i feel like i've just been inundated with it so mm-hmm. it's rare when i find someone and they're actually funny and the way that they slip in the education that they're mm-hmm. doing essentially cuz you're educating these people you have their attention for however long your set is so mm-hmm. and the way they cleverly like put that in and then you're like oh shit now i'm thinking and i'm crying and then you're waking up the next day like wait no that was really fucking funny thank you it's rare that i do that and then i allow it to stimuli in my timeline i have like 40 followers and i think i just cut that off from like 
65 recently. Like Mm -hmm. I tried not to watch other creatives because I don't want it to, you know, subliminal plagiarism. Right. Right. Like I really, that's a real thing where it's like, sometimes people do blatant plagiarism. Sometimes it's just legit. You saw something, it gets imprinted in your brain and you don't even remember where you got it from to the point where you're like, this is an original thought. If you knew it came from something, you wouldn't do it. But it's just like that happens sometimes where you're just like, oh, fuck, that is where I got that from. Or even sometimes you think of something and then you see someone else who's bigger do it. And you're like, even though I came up with this first, I don't want people to think I'm jacking their stuff. Exactly. Now I got because that's the norm. Exactly. That's the norm. And TikTok has now sped up that norm in a right unstable and crazy wave. So again, it's rare that I follow people. Mm-hmm. I just follow innocuous folks, but I'm like, no, Chris is hella fucking funny. And then you. your friends that you post, they're funny. And it's like, you guys should be up there, not Jay Farrow and not all these other people that are just, or what's that guy who just got veneers and Matt. It, I, oh, it's, Matt Rife. Yeah, don't even oh, get me started on him. God, uh, he's a fucking, he's, I so first and foremost thank you very much that's high praise thank you Two, the more and more that I've been learning my voice like what my voice is on stage on comedy the more like these past few years I started getting an idea of my voice on stage in 2018 but then post-covid I feel like I've really started writing jokes that really feels like shit that I actually want to talk about my favorite comedians are comedians who either are just fucking silly and they don't punch down. And if yes. they have a joke that appears as if they're punching down, the whole point of the joke is like, isn't it stupid that people actually say this and mean it? And like, yeah, I'm so obviously on his head. Exactly. Like I'm saying it tongue in cheek, but this is not actually like, if you're smart, you understand this is not actually the point I'm trying to get across. Like a perfect example of that is uh may he rest in peace, Jack Knight fucking hilarious dude wow so funny uh he's like that very silly sometimes says things that's like pushing the line a little bit but never with the intent of purposely punching down right right he would be like i'm gonna make a point but i'm gonna go about it in the most dumb ignorant way that it's actually smart it's a really smart joke but i'm going about it in such a way that it doesn't feel like i'm making a ted talk and then also my other favorite the brilliance in that that's actually really hard and it's really hard to do when you land the plane it's just like oh that's why and like other comedians who are really like our comics who whether or not you agree with their point they made you think about something in a different way. Perfect example. Roy Wood Jr. is also one of my favorite comics ever. Oh, and he's brilliant. so his specials. He's making a lot of great points where it's like, yeah, it's kind of like a TED talk, but it's so fucking funny that it's yep. first and foremost comedy. But it's comedy that really has this good message in that whether you agree with him or not, he states his arguments in a way that you at least think you at least leave the theater or the show or whatever having a new viewpoint that you may not have had before and that's ultimately what i want my comedy to become i'm gonna have moments where i'm being fucking silly and i'm saying shit like coochie yeah. and squirting and all of that but then bring that coochie why are you saying coochie anymore <laughs> bring, you know or just saying shit like gorilla grip all of that but oh. then <laughs> oh. the, but in the same set i'm talking about shit like mental health or like 
just the racial yeah. dynamics of America and shit like yeah. that. Like I want my comedy to have that versatility, which is actually detrimental to my career because in especially thanks to the world of algorithms, the more niche and single lane you are, the better, which to go back to, if you don't let fucking creatives do their thing, stop yeah. narrowing creatives to a single lane. Cause if we would have narrowed Jordan Peele to a single lane, we would never have gotten get out. Nope. And us, if you would have narrowed down, the Russo brothers, we never would have gotten fucking Avengers and all of that shit. Or if you would have narrowed uh, Olivia Wilde to just, hey, you're just a hot woman, be a hot woman on camera. We never would have gotten book smart. Book smart. If you would have narrowed down Issa Rae, then we wouldn't get not only just, in, I mean, yes, insecure but rap shit from, but like we wouldn't have gotten rap shit. We wouldn't have gotten her in the fucking Barbie movie. We wouldn't have gotten the fact that now she's like producing her own shit and all of that. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm basically modeling my career with Quinta Brunson, Easter Ray, and Hassan Minhaj. What is another one? Started out as an internet oh, YouTube YouTuber, now a fucking creator and head writer of a fucking absolutely phenomenal ass TV sitcom that if they keep it up, will go on the runnings of the Hall of Fame shit and knock down Modern Family, which they punch down so much that I mm -hmm. think folks are like, oh, we don't have to punch down to actually educate and have wonder, like their delivery. It's like, I really do be studying their delivery, yeah. their inflection, everything. And one thing I wanted to say while you talk about Robert Jr. and the kind of comedy you aspire and should be told you already have the integrity that it builds, the authenticity that mm -hmm. it builds, that you're still doing it even when there's no one around or if there's one person showing up to the show, right? One or 30. And you will, when you make it big, like you will be the same. Roy Wood Jr. <laughs> is on an Emmy winning will. It, it's not if, it's when. So Emmy winning production and he's a White House Correspondence Dinner and he's the same person that you met 10 years ago. Right. Jordan Peele, he does the things, the absolutely bare minimum of, promotional branding mm -hmm. and then he's out and right. George no I'm not gonna make a George Clooney reference but as far as like the lateral kind of like community building like mm -hmm. we all be got or whatever Easter Ray's kind of ethos George Clooney when he became a billionaire off Casamigos he gave all his day ones a million dollars setting mm -hmm. them up for financial security so like that authenticity and integrity you can't by that and the right. sustainability of the current machine, we always see how it ends disastrously, right? So you're on track, again, when it's that luck and coincidence and preparation mm -hmm. and skill, once you get to that level, like you're not going to be a complete monster with your platform. Right. And I since you know the struggle you'll be able to leverage your capital to help others. Not me trying to Ayala fix your life. Rosa Parks sat on the bus. Read that to her. <laughs> Go ahead. Everything I want, I have. Really? Everything I want, I have. You know what she wanted? A seat on a damn bus. I'm a firm advocate. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. I'm a firm advocate of if you have a platform, you should use it for good whether it's a financial platform, a social media platform, or even just you're a fucking nobody, but your word has merit to people in your life. Yep. 
like, yeah, sure. I, I do also believe the energy you put out in the world, you do receive back in some way, shape or form. Right. Uh, right. I am, I do believe in that. But then at the same time, it's like, one, that's how we make this world a better place. Right. If we don't only focus on getting the door open for us. Yeah. Even I, myself, like I've reached a point of the Seattle comedy scene where I went from being one of the fucking newbies who wasn't funny and just showing up the mics to now all of the new comics are looking at me like, oh shit, it's Chris. He's one of the old heads and all that. I'm like, don't fucking know. I've just been here long. But then now I've been telling myself, yo, Chris, like you kept complaining about how old heads didn't give a fuck about you and never gave you opportunities. And now you have power. You have you have weight in the Seattle comedy world. If you don't do something and try to help those, you're just going to end up being the same old heads that you hated. Yep. And yep. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, okay. And you're going to find yourself by yourself. There's exactly. no sustainability in that thinking. Exactly. So it's just, I'm a firm advocate of that. And it's just like, yeah. Honestly, my biggest motivation to like have success and quote unquote, not even fame, but just like at least a following is so right. that, that way, not only can I then be able to do the shit I want to do and get support, but then right. also be able to put people on to my talented homies who are doing cool shit. One thousand percent. You're not the first person who are like, yo, you share like some of your homies who do comedy or like podcasts, you'll share their stuff. And they're so fucking funny. And I can't believe I've never heard of this person. And like, exactly. to me, I'm like, that's why I want because I want. There's a reason why they're my homies because I love their shit and I fuck with yeah. their shit and they're so talented. And I just want people to be just as enthusiastic, like almost to the point where it's like, yes, I want people to fuck with my shit, obviously. But if you yeah. don't fuck with my shit, I want you to at least fuck with the shit of people who I like. Yeah, all of that to put a nice bow on it. Mm-hmm. It's just nice. Thank you very much for the high praise. But also at Likewise. the same time. At the same time, it's just, it's an honor to be a part of this. I'm excited to see what this becomes. Keep doing what you're doing. And I'm sorry I spoiled all of your... (laughs) I'm I'm just on adrenaline right now and I'm a hologram. When I stop recording, I'm going to be like, this motherfucking (laughs) little... I probably shoved him while trying to get a turkey sandwich at Subway on University of South Florida campus. He just took my whole not took my whole bit he produced my entire show and now i can't surprise folks copy my whole fucking flow word for word bar for bar oh i think what that means is folks are definitely gonna want you back i can already see my dms flooding and i like to post all the kind sentiments of my guests on my stories to big them up and like if you're doubting your skills look at this person who had no idea who you were before listening to this episode so that's what I want elevated garbage to be. That's mm-hmm. why I LLC'd it so quick. And I'm thinking like, I want it to be a media company mm-hmm. because I feel like I can get there. And I'm only going to do that with people that are authentic mm-hmm. and talented and just all the things that you just said in a more eloquent way. And, you know, again, we, we all we got. And I truly see that happening. I see that happening for you. But at the same time, hypothetically, hypothetically, mm-hmm. if it doesn't, like too many times and I suffer from this as well of like I want to do this thing but I don't think it's going to pop off so I'm not going to do it and I'm trying to get better at being like no do it create it because even if only five people see it and like it that means for five people they found shit they really fuck with that they've always wanted to see 
and you provided them that. We get too focused on the numbers aspect. Shout out to capitalism. No. That's why. <laughs> but we get shout so out focused. to internalized capitalism. Yeah, this shout out to internalized capitalism. capitalism. <laughs> that we forget the value because there's shit for us that we found that was like unknown and like never really popped up over like, yo, but I heard this one song from this local yeah. artist or I read this one book that no one really knows or yada, yada, yada. Yeah. That truly was stuff that like, yo, on a dark day, that got me through. That yeah. got me through some shit. Obviously, your, your shit is on the trajectory of upwards. But at the same time, it's just important to remind ourselves it's not about the numbers. It's the fact that it is so easy to be like, I'm not going to do it because it's going to be all of this work and I don't know how it's going to pan out. And right, you took the right. time to be like, fuck it. I'm taking the risk. I'm going to do it. Yes, I care about how it turns out. But at the same time, no matter how it goes, you get the look back and go, I fucking did it when so many people would easily not do it. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the day, everything we do is original because even if you're talking about something someone else has talked about, no one has heard your voice and your voice needs to be heard. Okay, you need to stop going to therapy. This is too much. This is too, this is actually too much. Actually, you think I'm talking to you? I'm talking to myself right now. (laughs) But that's what I was going to say before you went on your next uh, TED Talk. I was going to say, like, I'm actually saying this to myself. Like, I don't Mm. even know. I'm shouting to the void. But what I'm thinking is this episode will just be canon and it'll just be this I don't even know how to describe it. I don't even know how I'm going to put it in the episode notes because we just talked about so many different things mm-hmm. and it didn't go in the format of my outline. And I keep saying that because, hello, I'm type A and I have control issues, but I think it's really beautiful like when you just let things pan out organically. So all that to say, I am bestowing an honorary doctorate degree to you. Thank Most you. folks, they would have to defend their high, low, highbrow, lowbrow topic and get that master of garbage. But you, sir, get an honorary doctorate, and it would be an embarrassment of riches if you came back on the pod. Uh, I'll be right back. I'm going to burn my actual degree <laughs> 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 and then get a crayon on a piece of paper and write honorary doctorate. Now I have to like feverishly go to Canva and like make my mock-up of the honorary doctorate. You do? And I'm a print. I'm a print that shit out. I'll print no. that shit out. Say less and put it next to your Kanye CDs. Um, on that note, <laughs> right. put me in my last, place. Put me in my place. End the episode, but also tell folks where they can find you. Don't be surprised when they start flooding the gates because you are just amazing thank you thank you uh y'all can follow me at chris mejia comedy on instagram threads (laughs) we'll see how long threads last exactly Uh, exactly and tiktok follow me there i do stand up i post about my upcoming shows mostly on instagram because literally no other platform the algorithm hates it when i do that but follow me through there you can follow me on twitter and twitch at tofer mejia T-O-P-H. You have the best Twitch live streams. I'm sorry. When you put little snippets, like I know nothing about that world, but it's like you said, like, oh, no, I want to, but the little nuggets you put out is just 
hilarious. I definitely like I'll play games on Twitch and all that. So all of the people who either you're a nerd or you don't mind watching me play video games or do that. What I mostly do and been having the most fun doing is mm-hmm. I either a tier rank how bangable cartoon characters yes, are. That's what I was going to leave. Or <laughs> lately. Absurd thing. Lately, I've been doing where I'll be watching the cut dating videos, the button dating videos on cut. <laughs> Those have been good, too. I've, I've definitely been pivoting more to doing variety streams of just doing shit like that. Because as much as I love playing games, even I get kind of bored playing them on streams. Yeah. I have the most fun when it's the shit like tier raking and all of that. Follow and I've literally there. never seen anything like that before. So it's like actual valuable intellectual property and it's funny as fuck. And it feels the most me, too. Yeah, Uh, yeah. And Instagram is slowly rolling out their own live streaming studio that I could then, what I do on Twitch, do on Uh IG Live. And once that happens, I think it's a wrap. But follow me on that. And then the show I will plug is a show I co-run with my homie Bo Johnson called Good Comedy. You can follow it at Good Comedy Show on Instagram. It's a monthly show that we run during the summer at a brewery called Showboat Seattle. And then during the winter and fall at a place called Hereafter, which is a comedy club owned by the Crocodile, famous music venue here in Seattle. Every month we awesome. have different comedians. Honestly, very proud of our lineups because we always have great comics and it's not all white dudes. We actually, yeah. turns out other people are capable of being funny <laughs> and not just white men. Um, who would have thought? But we not have me. great comics from who are nationally touring and local it's co-hosted by my homie and I. We don't really do sets. We just, the whole show is just to showcase them. But we do like a set up top where we riff and stuff like that. We're taking August off because both Bo and I are going to be on the road. But we will be back in September for our last outdoor show. So just follow at Good Comedy Show to find out when those tickets go on sale. And then lastly, if you are still watching the Bachelor Cinematic Universe, first and foremost, I'm sorry. <laughs> But if you are still watching that, you should listen to the recap podcast that I co-host with my homie, Mike Carosa. We Didn't Get a Rose is what it's called. We have mostly comedians on, but we'll have some non-comedian people as well. But overall, at the end of the day, it's just us. Honestly, honestly, it's the podcast is Mike genuinely trying to recap the podcast and me fucking everything up (laughs) it is him trying his best to be a type a i wrote notes i have multiple pages and being like hey can i make a coochie joke for the 10th time i don't think it landed the the first nine times let me let me workshop this i love that sweet boy to death one because he's very funny and two because he has the most patience out of everyone (laughs) in the entire world yeah that's where you can find me and yeah that's it for me I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for making this space. Uh, can't wait to have you back on the podcast yes. and just see where your career goes. And that's Likewise. it for Dumpster Diving Intellectuals. We really, you know what? People should pay us for the education we gave them this episode. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, You're welcome. I'm just saying. You're exactly. Welcome. We also have Venmos. It's the same. Toe for me here. I don't know Fox. what your Venmo is. S.E. James 613. Yeah, there you go. Just send, send. Actually, don't send me money. You should get no. all the money. Send Chris money. We're trying to build our capital to yeah. Uh, Actually, yeah, you get right. other creative money. stuff. <laughs> You're so stupid. I'm only happy when it rains.